Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens because of who Jesus is and what He has done. This year, we're journeying together through the book of Proverbs in the pursuit of wisdom. So glad you're tuning in. I'm Steve Bingley, your host. On this episode, we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. The Word of God reads, Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled, and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know, we've been talking about six things in Proverbs chapter 3 that are really the marks of the wise, but also the means to become wise. We've talked about uh, trusting in the Lord. We've talked about those who submit to God and uh, his ways and understanding. And in the previous episode, we talked about being teachable. In this episode, with the verses that we just heard, we're going to talk about how generosity or honoring the Lord with our resources and finances is a mark, but also a means to wisdom. But, you know, just right off the bat, we we need to just have an honest talk about uh, this passage and because, you know, and provide some clarification because this passage kind of makes it seem, sound like, you know, if, if you give God your tithes and God's going to make you rich, right? Like if you give God this amount and your first fruits, then, oh my gosh, he's going to give you so much more money. So we need to just break down a couple of things. Number one, you know, there's, there's a lot of confusing theology or ideas about God and the Bible and uh, when it comes to the issue of finances and money. So on the one hand, on one extreme, you have something called prosperity theology. Prosperity theology is really the idea that, um, you know, if you trust God with this and you sacrifice and give to God, then God's going to make you rich. So God cares about your what God's going to, you know, bless you in your wealth and in your health uh, and make you really super successful. And that's really God's desire for you. Um, on the, And so you just got to name it and claim it. On the other end of the extreme is poverty theology. Poverty theology is really that, you know, the the poorer you are, uh, the more suffering that you experience, the more godly you, you are. And so, um, you know, shame on you if you, you know, have some money. Shame on you if you kind of use something that uh, is to your benefit uh, or you enjoy like a Slurpee or something. Shame on you. Uh, and so these are kind of two opposite extremes in the way that um, kind of there's been some theology wrapping around how we view money and wealth. And I I think it's safe to say that both of those ideas, while there may be tiny elements of truth, uh, it's a reduced truth. It's reductionistic, meaning it's not taking the totality of Scripture and synthesizing it to really a systematic truth. Instead, it's really taking one small aspect of a truth and blowing it up to be the only thing that really matters. So, you know, I think— we should reject prosperity theology. We should also reject poverty theology. Instead, we should embrace stewardship theology. Stewardship theology really says that, you know, everything is from the Lord. Everything is from the Lord. Money is from the Lord. He knows we need it. It's just a reality of life. But we're not the money owners. We don't own money. We're money managers. We steward the money that he's given to us. And so could that be stewarded for ourselves to enjoy sometimes? Absolutely. Uh, Should it be also stewarded to benefit others? Absolutely. Should it be stewarded to to take care of our needs and pay the bills? Absolutely. But should that also uh, mean that we should consider, you know, 
uh, our quality of life and standard of living? Absolutely. And so we reject prosperity theology. We want to re- uh, reject poverty theology. We want to embrace stewardship theology. Uh, secondly, with that, connected to that, we have to remember that this proverb here is a proverb. It's not a promise. In other words, it doesn't mean, it's not a guarantee that if you tithe, if you give God your first fruits, then, well, now we have God in our debt to make us rich. No, no, no. See, the the writer of Proverbs, he's so sophisticated in his thinking that while it may be somewhat true, it, it could happen that, you know, if we sacrificially give to the Lord, sure, he might bless us more financially. That could happen, but more so, uh, other truths are that maybe this is also the kind of person who is, as they are diligent in giving to the Lord, they're also going to be the kind of person who's diligent in wisely stewarding their finances and resources so that they're overflowing with their assets. And so it's not just the simplistic, if I give the first fruits, well, then God's going to make me rich. It's sophisticated. It's complex. Um, and that's what's so beautiful about this proverb. Now, on the one hand, we should, so, so we should not think that this is some kind of magic potion. Okay. Exercise generosity, get more money. That is not, we reject that. However, because it is still a proverb, meaning it's a general principle of how life works. I do think that it still rings true that when we exercise generosity, it does lead to a fuller life. Think about the love of money for a moment. Uh, Not money, but the love of money really is a trap. Isn't it? I mean, Jesus called the love of money the root of all evil. So, in fact, he pits money, uh, the love of money, against God. He says you can't serve both God and money. So, uh, you know, there's something about the love of money. It's just odd. It kind of creates this monster inside of us. It can never be satisfied. In fact, the more you have, the more you need. It's like this never-ending vicious cycle. I remember um, watching an interview on, on, like, YouTube with one of the billionaires from the TV show Shark Tank. Some of you remember that show awesome show and you know someone asked uh you know one of the sharks hey would you ever buy a cup of coffee from starbucks and you know he said never i would never do that i'd rather just take that money and invest it to make more money and i mean it's really a sharp answer the only problem is he was so angry and bitter about that like he was so angry about starbucks and it's like gosh i wish there was a little bit more joy you're so wealthy you have so much why are you so angry about that? And so here's the, the wisdom and the profound gift of generosity. And here's the wisdom in that is when we honor the Lord with our first fruits, you know, when we tithe, when we give, when we're generous, what happens is we actually protect our hearts. We, we protect our hearts. We release our hearts from the, the tight grasp and grip of money over our lives. And thereby, we, we become filled with joy. We become filled with the comfort of knowing that God is in control and that he takes care of us. We become filled with the joy of being generous to other people and seeing how that benefits people. I love the way Tim and uh, Kathy Keller just summarize that. They say, inordinate um, uh, love of money and confidence in its power blinds us. And the best way to break money's power over us is through giving lots of it away. Oh, I I love that so much. In fact, I, I know a married couple that embodies this. Oh my goodness. They're, they're the most generous people I know personally. I mean, they spend so much money on other people. And, and in fact, uh, I, I get uncomfortable around them sometimes because they convict me. They challenge me. They're so generous. 
And here's what's beautiful is when I, when I, why do you guys do this? The, the husband, his response is, oh, the Lord has been so generous to us. He's been so good to us. And here's the thing. They are the most joyful, happy people I know. No, it's it seriously, it, it's odd. It, they, the more they spend on others, the happier they become. And it looks like from the outside, their needs become less and less. When I see them, I see the way they honor the Lord with their possessions. And then their barns, right, or their house or their bank account, it just appears completely filled. It just seems like their life is overflowing with joy and happiness and gladness. So I want to ask you a series of questions to help us grow in generosity, not to guilt you, not to tell you what to do with your money, but no, instead to lead you uh, and help guide you to a path where, oh my gosh, to say, let's walk in the path of wisdom where we can experience more joy in the abundant life that Jesus promised you. So here's question one. Do you view money as your money or do you view it as God's money? I mean, that's a radical, I mean, how you answer that question is going to radically reorient uh, and reveal how your heart has been oriented, right? So is your money your money or is it God's money? Secondly, um, second question, do you live with joy and abundance? Because generosity is freeing your heart to breathe and to celebrate other people and to see the amazing things that are happening. Or do you, while not generous, constantly feel like, oh, I just need a little bit more. Oh, I just don't have enough. Oh, I just need a little bit more. How would you answer that question? Now, I ask these questions with sensitivity because I realize all of us are all over the spectrum in terms of financial places. And I know some of us may be in a really challenging place financially, in a financial context. And so I want to be sensitive to that. But generosity is the path of wisdom. It is. And so I want to invite you. Maybe today, if there's a, if someone comes to mind, or maybe it's giving towards the church. Or if there's a certain thing that the Lord puts on your heart to exercise generosity, would you consider pursuing that path as a cheerful giver? Or it might even be generosity with your time. Or it might be generosity with uh, your expertise. But whatever it might be, would you consider pursuing that path today? Hey, wasn't Jesus generous to us? Wasn't he so kind to us? I mean, if anyone poured out their generosity towards us, it was Jesus on the cross. Praise be to God. And so in view of that, let's pursue the path of the wise, which is generosity. Let's pray together. Jesus, you were so generous to us, so kind to us, and we we're so grateful. Would you help us to honor you with our possessions and everything else that we own? Because ultimately, those aren't ours. We don't own it. We're supposed to steward it. So help us to steward everything that we have well, that others might be blessed and that we might be filled with joy. Amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.